If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Karen Brady, Vice Chairman, Baroness, plus Television Busybody on The Apprentice, Managing Director at Birmingham City at 23, Vice Chairman of West Ham for over a decade, regularly seen shaking her head next to Alan Sugar, plus author, but let's see what the book club thought of her 1994 book, Brady Plays the Blues, about her time at Birmingham City on this week's Football Book Club. I like the way that she said he never touches a chip unless we've won. That is a good scene, to be fair, when... Barry Fry sells a pen. This is twice as good as anything else that we've read this season. She's like, I don't give a shit about horses. Hello and welcome to Football Book Club, the only book club where instead of literary classics, each week we read another footballer's autobiography. Less Thomas Hardy, more Jamie Vardy. Uh, hey. And, oh God, hey. <laughs> and thanks Jack Swindlehurst on Twitter for that one. You're not going to slag him off this week, Jack? No, that was a good one. I like <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> People enjoy me being mean to them. <laughs> okay, Based we'll on that... no evidence. See, yeah, see, we'll see how that pans out over the series. I'm James Buck, and over the weeks we'll be reading classics such as Trevor Francis's One in a Million and Andre Kanchelskis's Russian Winters. Ooh, ominous. But today we're reading Karen Brady's 1994 book, Brady Plays the Blues. And reading with me are Jack Bernhardt. Hi. Natasha Daniels. Hello. And James Balgen. Hello. We all good? <laughs> yeah. Good. That was a great hello. I like that. <laughs> hello. Oh, mummy, you are a funny bunny. <laughs> Neil Redfern's kid, sorry. Never going to stop talking about that. Cool. Well, I'll take that as all good. Uh, <laughs> that's... So, very different book this week. Got very different book. Mm-hmm. Brady Plays the Blues. Uh, sounds like a jazz album. I guess that's the point. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting to go behind the scenes at a club for once, because we haven't really done that so far. Everything we've done has been... We've done one manager, and then we've done uh, players otherwise. And when I saw the cover... I knew this was this was the book for us because originally we were going to read. I thought, oh, Karen Brady would be good. We were going to read one of her novels, and then we saw this. I was like, beautiful, Tash. I know you're very keen on the cover. Can you can you explain it to us? I am very. I'm so keen on the cover that I have bought the outfit that she is wearing. <laughs> please explain um, the, outfit, the outfit, please. When you say the outfit, when I say just... the outfit, I mean the Birmingham City 1994 kit. <laughs> <laughs> She's sat on a ball. She is. It's she's a bag. She's sat on an kit. Adidas ball and she's got a very fetching blow dry in her hair and a lovely fake tan and she looks gorgeous, frankly. It does I'm look glad. Gorgeous. I'm finally glad to have a book on my shelf that I don't want to like burn after reading. <laughs> <laughs> that make a good name for a film. <laughs> <laughs> Hold that thought. 
uh, yeah, it definitely looks nicer than like Andy Gray's cover. <laughs> yeah. Even though he was wearing a similarly skimpy outfit on the front of his one. Also, maybe the most obscure book we've read on the show. Because obviously we all know Karen Brady as the West Ham vice chair and from The Apprentice and everything. But before West Ham, her and David Gold and David Sullivan were at Birmingham. And the book is basically, it's like a blog, kind of, after they've just gone down to the second division or League One. Where she's got to deal with the finances, the tabloids and a half-naked Barry Fry and it is it is it's genuinely a very fun book and here's a little uh, teaser just to, to get you excited for it when 23 year old Karen Brady was appointed managing director of Birmingham City by its owner David Sullivan it was hardly surprising there was uproar in the football boardrooms across the country an attractive young woman running a multi-million pound football club British football had never seen anything like it but if the media reaction was entirely predictable it was also entirely wrong as her outspoken diary of the 94-95 season makes abundantly clear and then, Jack, there was something else in the inlay that you noticed right at the bottom. Yeah. It says, um, her perceptive insider's account of daily life at St. Andrews, with all of its boardroom battles and dressing room banter, which makes Second City Blues one of the most remarkable and revealing sports books ever written. What's going on there? They got the title wrong. <laughs> that really does set up a good book when you get the title of the book wrong the page afterwards. So uh, <laughs> I, that is something to get you in the mood for it. Control F hadn't been invented in 1990. Uh, maybe. You just couldn't find it all, you know? Was... Oh yeah, that, that sub-editor got fired. I mean, Karen Brady personally fired that guy. <laughs> and if you know the year uh, Control F was invented, please get in touch. Uh, <laughs> Footy Book Club on Twitter. It will probably be. It won't be the most boring thing we've ever had on the show. So don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, over the show we're going to go into more depth about the book. We'll be doing a dramatic reading, a quiz at the end, and a brand new feature called Moments in Time. Excited for that, guys? Ooh. Yeah, what I like time. I like moments. Well, yeah. You know, what's, what's not to like? Jack, you're going to love this section, I think. <laughs> you're really going to love that section. <laughs> but first, let's see what Amazon's saying. The book has five stars from seven reviews, including this one from someone called Jack, titled Incredible Book. Good so far. Which reads, Superb mm-hmm. book. Love the pics of Karen. What a hottie. Thanks, Jack. Sorry. Very insightful. <laughs> Cheers, Jack. Really well, helpful. I, wait, sorry. Oh, can on. you just, just for pronunciation, can you make that clear that that's Jag, not Jack, okay? Uh, it actually says Jack Bernhardt. Uh, oh, awesome shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh god my early days on amazon when i was a massive perv <laughs> but we know what jack thought of the book and its cover uh, but what did you all think of this week's book let's start with james i bloody loved it whoa i, I flew through this thing i mean it is a short book but i flew through it in a few hours just sat and got through it good to bring that up actually 130 pages my book 137 pages yep. barely a book but I loved it for being w- short. I wouldn't have been mad if it was longer. I was. I Same. really enjoyed it. Really Genuinely. Enjoyed it. We don't often say that on the show. No. <laughs> I, wish, I wish Stephen Gerrard's 500-page book had another 600 <laughs> pages. Well, well, based on the cover and the title and everything about it, I was like, here we go. But exactly. Really, no, not at all. A real pleasant surprise. Tash? Yeah, you know, you know that famous quote that she has when I, I think she asked David Sullivan to buy her Birmingham City so she could run it, and he said... You'll have to be twice as good as a man to do that. And she said, well, that's not difficult. I feel like she had the same approach to this book because this is twice as good as anything else that we've read this season. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Very no! nice connection. That is Oof. extremely good. Unfortunately, um, we've rated everything far too high. So you yeah. can't, 
we 14 can't... out of 10. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's Tasha's score already in. Uh, <laughs> nice and subtle. Yeah, I, Jack, you liked it? Yeah, I thought it was absolutely terrific. I think it it's really good because it's, i mean it's very short which i think really works for it and and really works for all of these books they should they shouldn't really be more than 130 pages <laughs> to be honest uh nope. but also i mean it wasn't just that you know i think karen brady is a public figure but it's also that it, we've never seen this side of football f- before yeah that's exactly that's i think it's a really good thing to have got on the show for that because i think often in these books you know you have like a manager going or you have a player being like oh up there the boardroom they have no idea what they're talking about and it was really good to see someone actually like living the side of being on the board in the boardroom and like the I mean, there you know there are elements where she doesn't talk about football that often and there are elements where she talks about other sides of the footballing world but that's fascinating genuinely. yeah but she still really cares which is great yeah, like when you see the efforts that they have to go to fill these coffers to play the players that are whinging mm. about it, you kind of see it very differently, don't you? I mean, it Definitely. seems a unique mess. It, as, yeah. as, as, <laughs> it, it seems a hot mess, Birmingham City. So yeah. can I, I know we're going to talk more about that later, but it really does. And she walks into it. But I, so I read, I, I don't know, some context, I read it in the bath listening to the new Lan Del Rey album. And it was basically <laughs> exactly... <laughs> I don't know if that makes me mucky for reading this book in the bath, given that. I think no, that makes me seem I, weirder. Why is everyone reading these books in the bath? <laughs> I read it in the bath too. It, it is perfect. It's basically perfect length for a book, uh, for it a is. bath. Yeah. yeah. And for a book. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I loved it. It was a bit. Wait, um, so, so wait, wait, sorry. When you say it was a perfect length, are we talking, were you wrinkling by the end? Yeah, but only <laughs> yeah. slightly. Okay, that's fair. So you yeah. know it's been a good book. You'd be like, wow, this is a good book, but you're not like a prune. I judge all my books on the wrinkle scale, <laughs> how wrinkly I am. And I was extremely wrinkly after reading Stephen Gerrard's book. I was in the bath for six months. <laughs> but no, I loved it. It was like, I don't mean this in a um, uh, sexist way, dangerous. Um, but I, it was a bit, it was like Bridget Jones meets the Wolf of Wall Street, a lot of it. The way she's wrote about things, yeah. the diary style obviously lends itself to the Bridget Jones thing, but she was yeah. very, she's very funny. Like, and the way she wrote about she's things. She's very funny. Really, really and good. I like, absolutely believe that she wrote this book as well. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the stuff when she talks about, like, she's talking about the business and stuff like that. But she also brings up, you know, her relationship with the press and also her relationship with Paul Pesky's Lido mm-hmm. and things. It is, it did have those kind of um, Bridget Jones, uh, Daniel vibes, like trying to manage yeah. her career <laughs> and her love life all the way through yeah. it. And she, yeah. she wrote, she'd write things like, which I imagine like Bridget Jones saying, like, it wasn't, it's not exactly in bed with Madonna, more like in bed with my dinner and things like that. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> that was, that was one of those lines where I was like, nah, nah, you can sack, <laughs> sack that line off, to be honest. <laughs> but then, like, the next page, she's negotiating negotiating with south end for managerial compensation it's a great book yeah. i really yeah. i really 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 enjoyed it and that classic moment of wolf of wall street where the exact same thing happened. <laughs> that is a good scene to be fair when barry fry sells a pen <laughs> in this book there is a three-page section and I'm not going to lie, I actually welled up when I was reading it because a few years ago, I met Karen Brady and Ooh. she gave me some advice and I could see where it came from in this book. And I honestly, I was so like emotional when I read it because, so I met her, I did this MBA startup thing a few years ago and she was one of the patrons of it and she came in and was talking to us and if you know, anyone listening has ever done an MBA, they will know that it's 98% men. So MBA is and... Masters of Business, right? Yeah. I, yeah. First time we said, I thought you said NBA. And I thought, I don't yeah, know. Basketball. <laughs> the National <laughs> Basketball Association. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, sadly not. Uh, but she, yeah, she came in and 
she was, you know, did her lovely speech to everyone. Yeah. And then she said she came over and spoke to me. And I, at the time, was incredibly nervous. Oh, my God, she's gorgeous, by the way. Like, mm. flawless. And um, she a was Jag would giving- agree. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just giving me this advice about how if I was to go into business, and as you may know, I run my own business as well as doing all of this stuff. And she said, um, when you're running a business, you'll find as much internalized misogyny from women as you will from men. Mm-hmm. And no one had ever said that to me before. I just assumed it'd be knobhead men in the way, mm. you know. And then I was reading this and I totally see where she was coming from. Mm. And she's absolutely right, by the way. That's exactly what's happened all the way through. You get lots of women who want to play in a man's way in the world. And she is very open about the fact that she doesn't want to play like that. She will be great at business and she will be a woman. Mm-hmm. And there's a chapter in there that she talks about this and there's just one paragraph in it that I really found resonated with me and I feel like men and women would kind of learn from what she says so she says um as a woman in a high profile position in a football club you're stereotyped as much by the other women as the men either you have to be completely and utterly feminine and play the role of a glamour or you have to be a strident feminist who talks about everything from a woman's point of view and both extremes lead to the same amount of nonsense it undermines your intellect and isolates women as curiosities. I get fed up of being asked to speak as a woman. Let me speak as a business person. And I just, like, it. it's a bit deep for what we normally talk about. But honestly, I have read every business book. I've been to so many talks and nobody ever tells you this. And it's so true. And I was reading mm-hmm. it. I was like, oh, my God, I love this woman so much. Yeah. And it's... Where was that in I Paddy really... Kenny's book? <laughs> <laughs> but I find it on a on a very 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 micro scale. I've told people that I'm on a football podcast, and they go, "Well, that's really cute." They get a girl on, and I'm like, "Hang on, it is like, cute of us." <laughs> I don't like, think we get enough. Yeah, people don't yeah, say that we don't give us enough credit for it. Yeah, <laughs> but I I just thought, wow, like. Can you imagine how much shit she actually got at the time? And her take oh, yeah. it is this. Like, she's so positive about it. And she's like, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. I just yeah. thought it was amazing. And also, she does, She pulls my favorite trick in this book as well. She's about to be asked to do something really awkward. And she tells them that she's got period pain. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a good... I, I, I didn't enjoy that. Like that. Didn't work. That... Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, I found something out about her while I was researching today. Please. Did you know she's the chairman of Kerrang! magazine? What? That's cool. It yeah. says that in the, in this book somewhere, I think, doesn't it? Does it? What? Does oh, it? Maybe, I uh, uh, maybe it's a Wikipedia. I, I read it somewhere. Impre- I was like, oh. <laughs> you've accidentally bought... Um, uh, I can't think of any band on Kerrang! <laughs> you've accidentally bought the My Chemical <laughs> Romance. You've accidentally bought the, the My Chemical Romance annual of... Uh, yeah, the <laughs> Annual 2005. You could see James' brain just ticking wildly there, going, oh, Hooper stank. <laughs> but they all, like, yeah, Gerard Way going, thank you so much to Karen Brady if it wasn't for you. <laughs> that is really interesting. Quite cool. That's so really she combines, interesting. She can, and also I bet heavy metal is probably, you know, as, as kind of a misogynistic kind of world as well. Yeah, I feel like she mm. just sort of picks these battlefields and doesn't bow down and i just think it i think it's really cool it's great yeah that's true i mean that I mean, you mentioned the football thing like the terraces and stuff especially at the time must yeah have been, oh about like going into that kind of world there's that famous line that she says in there when 
someone got on the bus when she first started at Birmingham and they said, I can see your tits from here. And she said, when I sell you to crew, you won't be able to see them from there, will you? (laughs) And I just like, I love that attitude of dealing with kind of misogyny and sexism in the workplace. I think it's amazing. And when you think of just how much shit she must have gone through, it's so, this book is just so great to read from. I, I think that just added an extra level me mm-hmm. yeah um, she takes yeah, no shit she no. she pulls no punches at all and you have to admire the way she just goes i'm just getting on with this and yeah, getting bear things in mind, done like she's 24 that was mm. what i was gonna say she's so yeah. young she's I 20 even so young. To and she gets that. given this job uh well, she, she works away to the job but uh, at 24 looking after uh, running a football team she, it's not she like, doesn't it's, just get the job she persuades her boss to yeah. buy a football club when yeah. she's 23 years old. Like, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get my boss to buy me a coffee when I was 23. Like, this woman is amazing. Love Incred- it. <laughs> I, I reckon I would fall down if I was 20. When I was 23, I wouldn't be able to say that line to the crew, the, the person about <laughs> crew. Yeah. That, no way. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I just no couldn't way. get the words out of my mouth. I'd just be yeah. going, well, your tits are going to be in. <laughs> crew aren't they <laughs> that's just one of those things that you think of afterwards definitely and i yeah. wouldn't think of it until i was 35 <laughs> <laughs> just, she's she's it's it, reading this was genuinely yeah mind-blowing for that reason because she's so she's so like insightful in that area and she's so young it's it's remarkable. Well, I, I think her, her way of dealing with like this stuff and taking no shit would be impressive mm. if she was a 50 year old bloke i really think it would because she's so cutting mm. but yeah when you add those extra layers on i just think wow this woman is a boss it's i think true. especially also with like how immature all the people she well most yeah. of the people she comes to with, yeah. when she gets to birmingham yeah. and throughout they're just like rascals aren't they they're little yeah. kids yeah. And she's just like oh my God's gosh sake. Yeah. it's true <laughs> She, she's like the most mature person in the room and she is the youngest person there it's very very weird tash were you disappointed that uh the advice that she gave you in person uh was then used in her book were you a bit like oh i, that's was, a rip I off. was a little bit because i was like <laughs> hang on i thought i was gonna gain some extra wisdom here yeah. you know i'm about um, to start like you know maybe start raising some money for my business that i thought god i'm gonna come out of this book and i'm gonna be like karen herself but no she just doubled down on what she already told me lazy yeah bit. unbelievable always trying to sell something that's what she's doing <laughs> <laughs> smart we love you karen sorry just <laughs> but let's get into the football side of things birmingham have just been relegated to uh, the equivalent of League One, uh, second division, big club like that shouldn't be down there. David Sullivan and David Gold uh, come in and buy uh, from the the mucky papers. They come, they come in and buy, <laughs> they come in and buy the club and try and turn it round. Birmingham, that not, I not the place. I love how she um, how she persuades David Gold to buy them. There's a quote in it where he's, he's he he actually says to her, "I'm dead set against this, but if you really want to, then I'll spend eight million pounds of money doing it." I was like, what? <laughs> doesn't even want to guilt, do it. Guilting someone into it. Like, fine, I'll spend eight million pounds doing it. Oh, he wanted to mad. buy um, a race course, didn't he? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine and just she, being like, she was like, I don't give a shit about horses. Why don't do that? She, she, she says, because I've written it down because it was going to be my out of context, but she says, uh, Dave was still talking of racing. I couldn't see the challenge myself. Clip, clop, clip, clop once a week. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. Wait, is that talking about the buying Spurs or buying... Uh... Yeah, they, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they, they did try and buy Spurs, didn't they? Yeah, and they yeah. couldn't And then Alan it. Sugar beat them or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, that been mm. uh, what? What did um, Nick Hewer off The Apprentice buy? <laughs> like they're all like all buying. A, he oh, bought like Plymouth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but when they arrived at Birmingham, it was just complete chaos. And actually, you think it, yes. you're surprised that they actually end up buying this chapter when she describes how how the club is when she gets there. She said she'd never even been in the city of Birmingham, never mind the club, and it was complete chaos. There was no structure. There was no staff roles really, or any idea of what the accounts were. She says that the actual place was physically falling apart. It wasn't a thing was maintained or painted or anything. Um, but then they still bought it. I think they saw it as a good opportunity, as a good project. But just some of the way she was describing the club, it's just falling to bits. It, yeah. Like, Doesn't she call it, it, she says it's like a Thai toilet at one point. <laughs> the <laughs> lowest if, insult if, you can give. If you look at the caption on the photos, um, oh, yeah, she, she does. describes yeah, yeah, yeah. it as a, a Thai toilet. She says like, she says like the, the building was like designed by uh, an alcoholic on acid, which yeah. seems like such a weird thing. You're like, a blind not alcoholic, alcoholic, yeah, alcoholic. Blind alcoholic yeah. on acid. You're like, get the blind bit. Too descriptive words yeah she oh, gets weird. interviewed by the local paper doesn't she and they're like oh but you wish you'd bought villa and she just kicks them out and won't answer <laughs> any more questions love it <laughs> that's true it's strange but i mean some of the stuff that's going on as well not just the the actual physical place falling apart but the play like the players were giving them a runaround as well there's one bit i think it's really early on where an unnamed player um is <laughs> he basically <laughs> swindles the club <laughs> By getting them yes. to put a clause in his contract where they'd agreed to pay for a hotel for him to stay in until he sells his house, but he didn't actually have a house to sell. So he just lived in the hotel for free for like nine yeah, months. He hadn't started building it yet. No, he hadn't even built it. <laughs> they had to wait and until he built this house. But it's pretty so clever weird. as well. Like they didn't it's check great. that. They were just like, yep, yeah. they just assumed that he had a house that was on the market. <laughs> he was like, I know what I'll do. I'll build a house and then sell it and I'll just stay in the hotel. Like ridiculous. I bet you that was Gary Neville. <laughs> building his barn yeah <laughs> I'm having a nightmare with Barry uh, Barry Council <laughs> they won't let me do anything but I mean even some of the stuff as well um, where the previous regime and basically they had, they had no money there's no cash flow they had to trade things for, or, or barter for things bartering yeah they couldn't afford to buy it so like <laughs> so there was funny. a bit where they they had they couldn't afford bin bags mass bin bags <laughs> so they had to they swapped an executive box at the stadium for a year's supply of bin bags <laughs> and the same with a hoover they were considering giving a a, a hoover company advertising boards <laughs> in exchange for a hoover it's ridiculous <laughs> For one Hoover, yeah. <laughs> For one single Hoover, they were like, "Yeah, you can advertise here." That's just mad. It is mad. It was. It was really, 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 really strange. Imagine that nowadays, getting a box at Birmingham. They'd be what, worth what? Yeah. Good few grand for a Hoover that costs about twenty quid. <laughs> I mean, I know James the, hasn't bought a Hoover in a long time. I yeah, can yeah. I mean, what, can a, what can one Hoover cost? Twenty dollars. R.I.P. Jessica Walter. R.I.P. Jessica Walter. From how she described it, she revamped the whole club. Like in the first week, she basically fired everyone. She she was like cleaning everything, rearranging herself, and all I could think of when I was reading that bit was that that montage of Mrs. Doubtfire when she's cleaning the house and listening to Aerosmith. <laughs> Just like a montage of her just cleaning the club up. I mean, she, she like turned it around her by herself in a week. Fits much. with Kerrang. Fits with the Kerrang side. Yeah. Listening yeah, to Aerosmith. Does. That kind of goes. kind of goes quite well. Um, that's true. She does that in the first job, but it's first week. But also, there's a segment on page 31 where she says the first job was to change the strip back to Birmingham's traditional blue and white. 
Then I went down to London to see Arsenal's vice chairman, David Dean, for some advice on how to run a football club. I love the way the first thing is change the kit back. And they're like, right, probably better figure out how to do this chairman stuff. That is exactly the order I would do it in as well. Yeah, it's true. They said it had like, like bits of orange and green in there because it yeah. was the Indian, Indian owners. Yeah, before. Just this, yeah, so weird where you'd be like, oh, let's just make it. Yeah, let's make it look like Indian. That's a sure, kit, cool, that's a kit I would love to see. The yeah. Birmingham City, Indian it, Birmingham City. It sounds quite nice. Yeah, it sounds quite cool, right? Yeah. I bet hipsters would be all over that now. Yeah. It sounds it sounds the most stressful place to work ever. If you believe in serendipity though, as I do, then you could say that all of this is just the universe bringing her and Paul together. Okay. Oh, okay. Because all if, right. if it was a <laughs> All right, Tash. All right, there we go. <laughs> no. We, we, come we on, if it was Paul. a well-run club, they wouldn't have spent this much time together. But yeah, true. That is a good up, point. You know? That is yeah. a good point. That, that is, is exactly in the in. That's where the meet cute would be in the rom com. Exactly. She in would the be cute. there. I mean, it's very much a Hallmark movie in that sense, where she's like, <laughs> she's True. this big bad like executive who's like trying to run it, uh, trying to run Birmingham City Football Club, and there's this cute player who is uh, there who teaches her that you know life's a bit more fun. You gotta have to just <laughs> go out there and have fun sometimes. You can't just do what she does all the time, which, as she says, is just go back to the hotel and eat steak and chips in bed every time she eats steak and chips. She's gonna have a heart oh. attack. This woman. How much they can, and then David Sullivan literally does the same and does get a heart blockage. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, don't eat meat, kids. Anyway, uh, there's <laughs> that bit where she talks about David Sullivan. Um, you know when he is very sad, but when he's got his heart condition, and she's like, I just, I just didn't get it. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. And I was thinking, yeah, it's probably the stress of running a football club. But then, <laughs> yeah. a few pages later, she's like, his diet was basically chocolate cake, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. now it makes sense. I like the way that she said he never touches a chip unless we've won. And they were, they were, winning, they were winning quite a lot. So he ate chips. They were trying constantly. to get promotion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tash, I know, as you mentioned, you're very fond of the pictures in this book. Do you want to give us our first picture section of the series? Well, it's brilliant, but it's very disjointed, the picture section. <laughs> very There's much no, so. like pictures of them when they're kids or anything like that that we get in the other books Mm. it's very much just of this year so you really get a snapshot into 1994 aesthetics Mm. the first picture is beautiful it is Mm. our karen wearing just a shirt and it's got that sort of vaseline old rupaul's drag race lens 90s oland mills photo vibe going on you know a bit hazy and the caption is that Manchester Evening News called me a bimbo, but I knew what the <laughs> score was. And I just love that she's paired it with this photo of her looking very sultry with no trousers on into the camera. It's I, very 90s, that, isn't it? To wear a shirt yeah. and no trousers. Like, yeah. oh, like, sorry, I just forgot my trousers. Yeah. It makes like, me think ooh. of um, like a promo shot for Friends. Like I can see uh, Jennifer <laughs> Aniston doing this. That's, 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 I mean, yeah. oh, oh, they'd wear trousers in a promo shot for Friends. <laughs> <Right>. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. Phoebe wouldn't. (laughs) But uh, my favourite photo of the lot, actually, is uh, the one where she is stood over some sort of balcony and she's got David Gold on one side and then on the other side is her husband, Paul, with the worst facial hair this side of (laughs) David. It is awful. He looks like if David Brent was in another level. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so bad. Sorry, Paul, <laughs> but is, that is true. <laughs> but you look very terrible. nice on the wedding day, where but Barry the Fry. Wedding day, they look. He beautiful. was the best man. Barry Fry, the best man. Incredible. Yeah. 
And also, can I just give a special mention to the picture where she looks like she's just like had someone hit murdered where she's walking across the pitch like she's in the Sopranos and she's flanked by her heavies, the management team. She's got like a floor-length coat and leather gloves and she looks like yes. she just fucked oh, someone yeah. up. And, and also because she's covering her <laughs> yeah. face so it looks like a yeah. sort of Al Capone thing. Yeah. But yeah, it is incredible how it's just Karen Brady, Karen Brady, Karen Brady. Picture of Steve Claridge, Karen Brady, Karen Brady. All the way <laughs> and through. she also has a very gratuitous shot of her husband looking very hunky playing football, which I think is just in there just for her own, like... Yeah, you got to have one flip- hunky pool yeah, photo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there'll be more Karen Brady after the break. Hello. Um, hello there. What voice do you want me to do? We will do a little bit. I'll just do my voice. Do your voice. Yeah, thanks. Hello, I'm Joe Marlowe. People think I hate people, but I don't. (laughs) I actually love interaction with people. I love finding out what jobs they do and whether I could do what they do. The Joe Marlowe Show. Joe Marlowe Show. With new episodes every Wednesday. 
Barry Fry. Big Barry Fry. Um, <laughs> Big Barry Big buzzer. I like. I mean, I both love and hate Barry Fry in this book because I feel like that's sort of similar to to how Karen feels about Barry Fry in this book as well. Yes. Like, I mean, you have to remember that Karen is at this point twenty four, and Barry Fry is uh, fifty. I don't know. But he acts like he is like fifteen, genuinely throughout yes. the book. He is he is a yeah. big man child, and she, she is, is the, his mum in this she, book. She is basically his mum. It's so weird. Like they, you know, she'll say things like like basically they they're this very weird double act. Like they are a, a sitcom couple. You mm-hmm. know, King of Queens. It feels like King of Queens, yeah. except <laughs> instead of them being married, she's his mum. It's <laughs> vastly confusing. I'd watch that um, sitcom. Kevin but James like, playing uh, Barry Fry. <laughs> Barry Fry. <laughs> she will say logical things like, "We don't have much money. Please don't spend a hundred thousand pounds on uh, club ties." And he'll go, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry. We're not going to do that." And then cut to him stuffing club ties into his back, you know, <laughs> back pocket, going like, "Yeah, look at all, look, look at all these I got. It's fantastic." He 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 has this thing where, and she points it out he loves to please people so he will basically say to people when whatever people want to hear he'll say it to them so karen will say hey we should weigh all the players and barry goes yeah 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 sure and then the next day we'll like throw all the weights out of the uh <laughs> all the scales out of the club like burn them in a big fire uh because in fairness, they're probably very old it. scales they're probably one of the inherited <laughs> 18th century scales <laughs> they were designed by a blind blind alcoholic on the acid um, but he he's very weird because he's both trying to please people when he's face to face with them but also like incredibly rude about them in the press so like in the press he'll be talking like they'll say hey this player did well Are you happy about that and um barry fry will say oh yeah i'm happy he played really well because david sullivan hates him and it just shows you how much more about football i know than him because he doesn't, wouldn't know a goal line from a close line which is a very bad line from uh barry fry uh but it, it's just odd because he then will like go up to people and see them afterwards and not really have it out with them he instead seems to like be he seems to pretend like he hasn't been saying all this mean stuff to them in the press uh, and that drives karen understandably uh you know mad because it would uh this person slagging her off in the press constantly he's incredibly old school football manager he's that kind of red nap kind of style like go to the media about things and then worry about the consequences later that's why he's so entertaining people everyone loves barry fry he is fun and he gets that i can imagine it probably is torment working with him as karen brady but he is i mean hey look he's unorthodox but he gets results and he does he takes them back he was her best man so it can't be that yeah exactly I bet, I bet he's great. He must be great fun, Barry Fry. He, yeah. all the people I can in football. imagine him like ruddy cheeked at the bar in the oh, club, yeah. like buying yeah. the rounds. Yeah. And, I, and Karen being like, I'm going to go home early. I, yeah. cannot take <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say we can Fry. leave the company credit card behind the bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. My favorite, genuinely my favorite Barry, uh, Barry, I was going to say Barry White story, but that's a very different book. Um, <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. us your story. Uh, <laughs> Um, Barry, it was just after the the one that James was telling about the housing scam, which is one of the most remarkable stories ever. <laughs> where um, Karen is saying, "Don't do the housing scam to this player. Like, stop, you know, ripping the club off with your uh, illicit housing, uh, 
you know, a bit of criminal activity, one would really say. <laughs> and the player says something like, oh, is this personal? Do you not like me? And she goes, no, what do you do? I, I don't. The, the only reason I don't like you is because you are currently committing a housing scam against the club. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Barry like leaps in and goes, uh, actually, you're right. It is personal because um, <laughs> yeah. between you and me, everyone thinks you're fucking shit, mate. <laughs> player like breaks down is like sobbing is like oh my god what is happening and karen has to be like no we don't think you're shit we just don't want you to commit crimes against the club but then she says at the end of that show she goes retrospectively barry actually handled it pretty well <laughs> she I, says i genuinely want to know what every time yeah what did barry do after that point that made him handle it well because at the time he handles it very 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 badly <laughs> that's true he's so odd well he, he is he definitely uses her as a stick to beat the players with so he'll be yeah. like you know you and me we're pals we like you know good we cop see bad how it, cop yeah uh, but but karen you know karen doesn't want to pay you yeah. more money or karen thinks you're fat karen <laughs> thinks you should cross more balls into the box but i think you're great you know taking defenders <laughs> on um to be honest maybe it's a good tactic in football to keep yeah, the on the board I, and like I you say, like it works. They won the league that year. They got and they and won maybe the, that's why. the prestigious Sorry. auto glass windscreen uh, trophy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but maybe that's why when we read these books, they're always like, "God, the board are such wankers." Yeah, maybe yeah. they all using this tactic. And we yeah, just oh yeah, that. I'm sure, I'm sure. He definitely ran after that player, didn't he? Outside and was like, "She made me say all that." I yeah, don't think yeah. Any of that yeah. <laughs> I think your housing scam's great, mate. Keep doing it. <laughs> I personally think it's brilliant, but the regime don't like it. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's bad to bad. Barry Fry, I think it's time for this week's dramatic reading. Uh, can someone cue the dramatic music, please? Cue dramatic music. <laughs> this story is called Naked Barry Fry Makes Jose Dominguez Cry. <laughs> <laughs> Good title. That sounds like a haiku, nearly. Yeah, like, it might yeah. work. It might work. Naked Barry Fry Makes hey. Jose Dominguez... No, you know what? It doesn't. Just a nice poem. That Sunday we played Peterborough at St Andrews and for the first time we went down to the director's room after the match exhilarated and optimistic. At last, Barry and the team were producing the sort of results that made first division football next season seem a distinct possibility. As we smiled and celebrated, Barry appeared on the television screen for a brief touchline interview with the central match crew. The interviewer drew particular attention to the performance of Jose Dominguez. Our Portuguese winger, delighted that we finally got mention of Spurs legend Jose Dominguez on the podcast. <laughs> very tiny man. Very tiny man. Uh, great prospect for the future, eh, Barry? Yeah, he was wonderful, said Barry. Particularly as Barry Fry and nearly got the sack for buying him because David Sullivan thought he was absolutely useless. Useless. Anyway, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> we all stood there astonished. That is weird for many reasons because he first of all refers himself to himself in the third person very casually. As yes, if like that's true. As if that's a normal thing. Like, <laughs> oh, Barry Fry nearly got the sack. Very odd. And then just goes like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> we all stood there astonished, and David. All David could say was, "That's a bit strong, isn't it?" <laughs> I said, "Who knows what Jose Dominguez was saying." Uh, she ran out, says, get Barry Fry out. I said to an apprentice, tell him I want a word with him urgently. I was steaming mad. Barry came through the door, and this is when it picks up, and to my great surprise, he was almost nude. <laughs> Barry stood there. <laughs> I want to know more about what almost nude means at this point. Really. <laughs> oh, well, I feel like luckily for you, the, the, next qualifier. the next line, Barry stood there in a tiny towel that just about protected his modesty. That nude enough for you? Oh, how I can't imagine how small very that saucy. towel has to it's be. It's very Sunday sport, isn't it? Yeah, like imagine teasing him with a towel. It's I'm a wearing a tiny towel that protects my <laughs> modesty. My <laughs> name's Barry Fry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Barry stood there shivering and dripping, wet, fresh from the <laughs> shower. He looked a very comical sight, but I was too angry for jokes at the time. What the F is going on? I raged. Why was it necessary for you to say that? Because it's true, he replied. No, it's not, I said. Then he go- talks about Jose Dominguez for a long time. Uh, <laughs> David might have thought he was limited at first, but as you know, he still thinks it's the best thing since sliced bread, blah, blah, blah. How do you think Jose must feel now? He's played the game of his life and he's sitting in there thinking the owner feels he's absolutely useless. He's the only one who's lost. No one wins by you saying this and it's got to stop. I'm furious about this. I'm furious at the pair of you. All the way through, Barry nodded and said, yeah, right. I can see your point. There we that, go. Is class- <laughs> that is classic, classic like, Barry. You know what? I did offend Jose Dominguez, and classic I'm sorry. naked Barry. Um, I'm pretty sure Karen Brady shouting at you while you're naked is is definitely a search on a, on a dog. I think that's a kink it? for sure. Yeah, that's definitely surely. something Jag was after. It was over Jag. <laughs> Say Jag. J.A. Bernhardt. What I like, and we've kind of mentioned it, is how absolutely nothing phases her, no matter how mucky it is. And there's a lot of mucky stuff that has followed her <laughs> in her career. Because as you mentioned, uh, she started her well, she started her career at Saatchi and Saatchi. Then she went uh, to go work with David Sullivan and David Gold after a really clever way of selling advertising for them with LBC, I think it was. Mm. And they yeah. were like, we need to get this woman in to run Birmingham City. So she they brought her them. in. She, she sold them £2 million worth of advertising in a yeah. year when she was yeah. 19. Very, very That's smart. Mad. Absolutely yeah. mad. And, and, and she, it wasn't even for a, 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 like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I swapped that two million pounds for oh, what have we got hanging around? <laughs> From selling all this advertising, she gets taken on by David Sullivan and David Gold, who obviously run the uh, Sunday Sports, or I think it's the Daily Sport, as it was known then, but equally mucky in those days as well. And yeah. I am disgusting. <laughs> I am delighted to hear the Daily Sports offices were just as grim as I imagined them to be. <laughs> this was the key thing I picked up. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, I drove to Eagle Wharf Road and thought twice about even getting out of the car. There was this rundown warehouse in the middle of an industrial estate and this fire door with a sign that said Sunday Sport and a picture of a girl with the biggest tits I'd ever seen. <laughs> Apparently, this was Tina Small, whose chest was 55E. I walked into the office. It should have been condemned years ago. The place was open plan and the typewriters were 10 years old. The kind you had to bang away at with half the keys missing. People were spread all over the place. That sounds like a horrible euphemism as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get Tina Small banging away at the uh, the old typewriter. Awful, absolutely awful. It, it's I walked in. Hi, I'm Karen Brady, the new sales and marketing person. Oh well, you can start by making the tea. Classic daily sport. Ugh. Exactly Ooh. how I imagined it. Ooh. Exactly how I imagined so it. Program. But that line came full circle because that's what she said about Andy Gray when he got done for talking about her. She said, "I'm surprised they didn't ask me to make the tea." That's true. When she, when she, sorry, when she said that tea line, because she just walks into place and she's so efficient, I expected her to be like, anyway, the next day, because she said she made 500 cups of tea, I think. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting her to say, so the next day, I developed a Wallace and Gromit style machine <laughs> with 100 cups of tea a minute, so I could do other things. But she didn't. But she did get working and she said, like, I'm not going to be doing, I'm not just going to be here to make your tea. That's the classic, classic Karen comes in takes it all down, sorts herself up. But it's not just that, like, nothing, fake, like, the way she says, talks about all the kind of sexual stuff at um, the sport. So much awful stuff. There's a lot of stuff with it, but like, it's just, 
just doesn't fake it's just water off a duck's back one of her jobs as we mentioned is to sell the advertising space and she has to go through all this stuff and she's like I don't really care I don't I fail to see why anyone even bothered to listen to these sex lines let alone get offended or turned on by them hi my name is Sandra and I'm lying on my bed now and if you keep listening I'm going to be telling you what I'm doing then 10 minutes of that drivel later I'm wearing my 90 the only thing it offended was your intelligence it wouldn't shock a 12 year old the only thing I can ever remember rejecting was stuff that mentioned urinating on people <laughs> so she does have a line where she cuts it off there but just nothing for it. She, she, she's a bit like Mary Poppins in some way she just gets on with the job cleans everything <laughs> up and kind of goes well, well fine if that's what yeah. you want to concern yourself with great but I'm not going to be listening to this and I'm going to have a little song as I move on and do that and, he, and there's a bit Mary even Poppins by- or Mrs. Doubtfear Mrs. Doubtfear <laughs> yeah sorry Mrs. Doubtfear yeah. that's thing. true but she does all these these things and then the other thing I thought it tied into quite nicely um, where all these jobs and it all seems to be moving it's not just moving towards her job at Birmingham City that she's kind of on the trail to I thought a lot of things she does in there uh, leading up to her role on The Apprentice these days because there's so many things in this that reminded me of Apprentice tasks when she first gets to Birmingham City one of the first jobs she has to do is rearrange the club shop <laughs> like she goes yeah. there and straight away you can imagine Alan Sugar going right I've dropped you here <laughs> in Birmingham <laughs> what you gotta do is you gotta put the shirts over there put all these things and it's just those little things and then there's another bit later on where she says um, she had to rearrange like a stool of borsan <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the garlic yeah. the garlic butter yeah she yeah. had to go into supermarkets and rearrange the borsan so that borsan was more prominent so on all these weird shows. working at Saatchi and Saatchi well like yeah. one day you're working for Margaret Thatcher on the Conservative campaign in the 80s and the next day yeah. it's like can you move some borsan for us <laughs> just just move it so it's closer to the tills so people buy it yeah and she does a really good job on it and then they tell yeah. her off because she did too good of a job on it that, that's how she yeah. got the job how do you think she got the- now but now you know 20 years later she's now supervising people doing those kind of things on the apprentice so you know it's all worked out well everything in her career working with barry fry stacking borsan it's all come back and it's all paid off for her <laughs> in the end <laughs> so at the end birmingham go up it's very successful. Barry Fry, the gamble pays off. He, he, he does deliver results. Uh, they get the club kind of running quite well and they get promoted and uh, they meant, they win a trophy. They win the auto windscreen shield, I think it's called. Is that right? Auto windscreen shield? Yeah. Yeah. The auto so, win. Yeah. The hell yeah. was the Anglo-Italian Cup? I'd never heard of that before. Oh, that was a tournament where um, lower league teams played it lower league Italian teams uh, in the I've cup. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I, I think I vaguely remember it and thinking it was nonsense. You'll see in honours <laughs> sections on a lot of clubs' Wikipedia pages and things. I think yeah. Chumps have played in it once. That's one of their like famous, uh, the only famous things that happened in Chumps' history. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, did we think it reached a satisfying conclusion? Did we in- basically, did you enjoy the book? Yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed it. Yes, I think that much. was the impression I got. It wasn't so much like I play. I'm not sure I could tell you exactly how they went up, but I feel like I know a lot of the bones that went into it rather than mm. the muscle. You know, it was m- much less footbally than uh, a lot of the books we've done so far, but also not. And you know, it, it just focused on a very different part of the season. It wasn't a list yeah. of loads of matches and stuff like that. And that's it was a bit like remember when Tom the other day, Tom Fordyce came on and he said how you can write a book about the whole your career and stuff like that or you can hone in on one individual element of things and yeah. this was this was a really fun perspective from that and I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed it I feel like it also weirdly gave me a, quite a lot of insight into Karen Brady currently with David Moyes if that makes sense mm. because I feel like there's quite a lot of this book where she's like okay hands up we got it wrong or we made a mistake here or you know what you can just like I, I'm not going to have an ego about this let's you know 
let's start again or you know barry you can do whatever you want i was wrong and that's in that case and that kind of gave me an insight into how they've you know because david Moyes obviously was sacked and has come back and now west ham are doing amazingly and i feel like that's the kind of uh you know being the bigger person that you kind of need to run a football club you can't have very true about these things and she's she seemed to to push that through and again she is so young yeah oh god it's so it <laughs> It's 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 baffling. It baffles my Weirdly, brain. I may- can't understand it. Maybe the youngest person. It's probably the sh- first. Of all, it's the shortest book we've done, definitely. And also, I think she probably is the youngest author of all the books we've yeah. done. Scores, James. Nine. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I'll give it a. I'm going to be a little bit harsher, just because I think you're going to go very high. I'm going to seven. I really enjoyed it, but um, bit uh, you know, bit fleeting. God, I got into it and it was just it was, it was, it was a bit Moorish. I wanted more. Should have been longer. That <laughs> they talked about that Spurs. They talked about Spurs. She even said Spurs was such a too big a club for her. That's what she said. Club yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I knew that already before I read the book, uh, Jack. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, I really liked it, and she was mean about Peterborough. Um, oh my god. <laughs> That's something she forgot hates to Peterborough. She really hates Peterborough. She says she you know, really hates an irrational hatred of Peterborough. I yeah. haven't been to Peterborough, but I felt bad on behalf of Peterborough. So you're defending the Peterborians? Yeah. There's a bit where she says to David Sullivan, like David Sullivan says, "Oh, should we buy Peterborough?" And she goes, "David, tell me where Peterborough is on a map." And David <laughs> goes, "Okay, we won't yeah. buy Peterborough." Yeah, then. fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. No one. I know where Peterborough is. So somewhere yeah. outside I'm London. Purgatory. <laughs> It's on the way. It's, on, it's one of the stops. First stop outside London, it's, on the way to York on the train. It's near Cambridge. It's near Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. York yeah. and Cambridge are quite far apart. No, on, on, no, the tra- on the train on the way to York. Yeah, the way to York. Yeah, it's the first stop outside it's London. In the, it's in the region of England. Uh, <laughs> and finally, Tash, it all hinges on you. What score are you giving it? Oh, I'm gonna give it an eight. But I was going to give it a nine, but okay. she recycled my uh, tips, so <laughs> no, down to an eight. Took it out. Come up with something new, Karen. Uh, that was uh, yeah. 32 <laughs> overall, so that's eight. Eight. It, it goes straight to the top of the board. It goes above Cami and Ozil with seven and a half, and that is our new best. Who would have thought that a book we picked because it had a funny front cover turns out to be one of the best books <laughs> we've ever read in our lives? Always judge a book by its cover. Who would have thought I'd have been given the highest rating out of all of us ever? Yeah, yeah I know. You've true. changed, man. You've changed. Yeah. You've changed. Oh, this is like in Strictly when the first 10 gets turned around, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So for the quiz this week, you're all named after things that were hanging around at Birmingham City when they arrived. Jack, you're an old-fashioned stadium. Tash, you're a grotty drinks cabinet. And James, you're Steve Claridge. So, uh, <laughs> question one. What item of clothing is Karen Brady alarmed by when she watches a training session and one of the players is wearing this? Oh, uh, an, an, an old grotty... No, no, no. A, a, a stadium. An out-of-fashioned stadium. Whatever uh, I am. Old-fashioned stadium. I'll give you it. Old-fashioned stadium. And it, because it, it blows my mind... One of the players at training was wearing an overcoat. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. She has, she has to go up to Barry and say, what are you doing wearing an overcoat, these guys? He's like, let me get on with it. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's fine. Yeah. Next day, they, they go in all wearing M&S overcoats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Remark, how do you play football in an overcoat? I, I, don't, I just, I just don't know. I'm imagining know. that... Do you think that was one of the times when one of the players was like, I'm too sick, I'm going to send in my three kids and put them in? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she's just remembering something from the Sunday sport. Like, she could be getting two stories Sounds confused. Sounds more like, like LARPing if they all have big coats on. 
<laughs> Question two. What was the fine for poaching Barry Fry from South End? Oh, oh um, an old-fashioned stadium. Yep. Was it £130,000? Yeah. <laughs> old-fashioned stadium. That's very impressive. That is correct. I, she Ridiculous. Said it, it, would buy you, it would buy you a mid-range defender in 1993. And you know and exactly what that mean cost is. And now in my head, I was <laughs> like, that's, that's £130,000. <laughs> well, of course, it's £130,000. Yeah. <laughs> what, question three. What T-shirt did Paul Tate reveal after scoring the winning goal in the auto windscreen shield? Oh, old-fashioned stadium. Please. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, shit on Villa. Shit on the villa is what it says. Yes, but I'll give you that. Very rude. Very rude. Very but, uh, rude. And, and she was she, so angry. She'd draw she the line like, at that as well. She would draw the line at like, shitting on the villa. <laughs> That's not- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the book is called Brady Plays the Blues, but is this a chapter title or a blues track? There's three points to play for here, so you can put it back. A, a trip to the Orient. Oh, oh, uh, oh. drinks cabinet. That's real. Uh, I'll give you that. Is, uh, wait, is, what do you mean? Chapter title or... Jazz track. Is correct. Very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> this isn't real book, fake book. Uh, <laughs> B, Mini the Moocher. Oh, the, the whatever, right, stadium. I didn't, who said that first? I didn't hear. Stadium. What did James say? I said, said Steve Clarence, that's, that's fake. Yeah, James got in there first, I think. I heard James. Uh, Sorry, Jack. Okay. That's uh, fine. I mean, again, I would say that we're not playing real book, fake book, so it's not. Really <laughs> it is a jazz track. It's a very good point. It's a jazz track, uh, but I'll give it to James. Man hungry soccer boss ate my hamster. <laughs> <laughs> I love that track. But, yep. uh, <laughs> Ella Fitzgerald track is correct. Yeah. <laughs> man hungry soccer boss. <laughs> Uh, at the end, man. Uh, of course, uh, the stadium won it. Well done, Jack. You ran away with it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I told you earlier, we're going to try a new feature. So this segment is called Moments in Time. And it's a celebration of some of those special moments that have shaped our listeners' lives. And I'm delighted that we're joined by listener Greg in Liverpool. Hi, Greg. Hello. Hi. Thanks very much for having me on. Great to have you on, Greg. How, how, how you doing? You having a good day? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Excited to uh, to share my tale. So can we, uh, just again, just to kind of set the scene, can we cue some stirring music, please? Some stirring instrumental. Oh, listen to that. It's beautiful. <laughs> the stirring music is gone. And Greg, when you're ready, please tell us your moment in time. So my name's Greg Duncan, uh, and I once saw Martin Keown at Oxford train station. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to know where to begin, but I suppose <laughs> I now, when I think about my life, I sort of think of it divided into two parts, sort of before Martin and after Martin. <laughs> it really changed my life uh, for the better and in so many ways. It was uh, a clear spring day. I think it was about May. The sunlight dappling through Oxford train station roof. Um, and just illuminating, you know, one of the most iconic faces in, in British football. <laughs> um, what, what, what kind of time period are we talking about? What year are we talking about here? We're, we're talking a few years ago, so I think 2017, you know, I was much more, much more carefree and, uh, and, and happier then. <laughs> Uh, which I think is why I, I you know, I, f- I think back on that time so fondly. The way I recognised that it was him was because was I recognised his voice from, you know, match of the day rather than seeing him first. I heard his dulcet tones across the station floor. What, wow. What did he say? <laughs> um, he was very intently giving his son instructions about how to catch a train. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, so he's, he's, he's really explained to him the point that he has to change. And I mean, this is a grown adult man who's received <laughs> these instructions who looked very, very much like he understood exactly what he had to do. Did he buy anything from a vending machine or anything? He didn't buy anything from a vending machine, but he was sporting a very delicious-looking pasty from an upper crust, oh. uh, paired with what looked to be an artisan coffee. So uh, they say never meet your heroes, and and you know I I have a, a wonderful, lasting memory of Martin Keogh. They say never meet your heroes, and just to clarify, you did not meet Martin Keogh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vostok intrudes. Never meet your heroes, so I didn't. And that was Greg's moment in time, a, a, a fantastic moment in time. I'm very pleased to hear it. Next week on the podcast, we'll be reading Dean Windass's Dino with journalist and host of Not the Top Twenty podcast, George Alec. If you've read that or any book we've read. Get in touch. Uh, get in touch about anything, to be honest. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at Footy Book Club, Instagram at Football Book Club, and we're on Facebook. And now you can also contact us on email, fbc at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, that's exciting. Ooh. Send us an email. I'm send so many emails. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> uh, any Andy Crab stories as well. Send them right there if you don't want to show. You know, send them us on Twitter. Send them us by email. Thanks a lot, everyone, for today. You've been brilliant. Uh, really great we'll see you all next week for the book any last words? I have some last words okay that's very aggressively <laughs> said what are your last words? because <laughs> uh, I've had a message from someone who thinks that I was in the right about Meza Ozil and Jose Mourinho and I'm going to play it now in dramatic fashion at the end of the episode wait 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 context wise is it an Arsenal fan? no let's hear him out let's hear him out hi jack mate just wanted to send you a note i just checked out your podcast uh loving it i've just heard my first episode the jose Mourinho one just wanted to send you a message saying yeah completely back you 100 percent. you're completely right about jose everything you said is true i don't know who this james guy is but he's talking nonsense anyway i thought i'd just send that to you mate take that (laughs) that's his name i'm not giving you his name well i hope you enjoyed being on the podcast bye guys Thanks for listening to Football Book Club. It featured James Bug, Jack Bernhardt, Natasha Daniels, and James Balgen. It was created by James Bug, and it was a crowd production. Thanks to Karen for writing the book, but where are they all now? Well, Karen Brady is now Vice Chair of West Ham after revolutionising Birmingham City, Kerrang, and, of course, Big Borsan. She's now married and has two children with Paul Pesky Salido. Lovely. Barry Fry went on to marriage Peterborough United, where he's still director of football to this day. Jose Dominguez has never forgiven him. David Gold and David Sullivan left Birmingham with Karen in 2007 to take over at West Ham. They didn't take the blind alcoholic on acid who designed the building with them. And the Sunday Sport continues to report credible and robust news stories to this day. The theme music, Hills Behind, is the work of Silent Partner and is used in the Creative Commons 4.0 license. We'll be back next week with Dean Windass's Dino. Until then, see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 